Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. Indeed, Father, we thank you for the table you spread in our sight. The table of your word. Thank you for thy unction that grace bestoweth. We thank you for the delight that we get from your word. By the anointing of the Holy Spirit. A pure word. A pure anointing that flows from your pure chalice. We're grateful. As we enter the word this this morning and afternoon. We humble ourselves afresh. Pray for fresh unction and anointing. Firstly, upon my heart and my lips, so I will speak as I should, even as an oracle of God. We pray that you put the same unction and anointing upon the ears and the hearts of all those who will hear me, those who are physically present here, as well as those who will hear me remotely, electronically, so that the word will flow freely, Father, from you through me to the people to do an internal and eternal work in every heart including mine we pray that lord god you will uh, uh, give us fresh revelation fresh understanding from your word doing an internal and eternal work in particular to cause our wills to become more humble minds to be more enlightened with revelation knowledge emotions to be more tempered and controlled by the power of the fruit of the holy spirit i further pray as i speak that the power of the spirit of god be released in great as well as in sufficient measure to back these words and follow them wherever they are heard and released in all the earth yes power that will heal power that will deliver power that will break yokes and free men so that they will become doers of these things which they hear and are hearers only I further pray as I speak that the power of the Spirit of God will enable, uh, or rather I ask for fresh mercy so that Lord God I will deliver the word with precision. I will redeem the time and say only what you want me to say. Bringing out of the treasure of this word things new and old as a scribe instructed unto the kingdom. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. And all those in agreement with me receiving every blessing I mentioned in that prayer in their individual lives. All individually agreed and said. We go into the presence of God and to this word. I'm going to continue today. I don't know if I'll finish today. I was reviewing this yesterday. Let that continue to play quietly in the background. Not too loud. That tune on the... uh, Uh, that wonderful hymn, The King of Love, My Shepherd Is. You know, many times, just before I go into the Word, you know, we sing songs religiously. But for me, by the grace and the mercy of God, I learned to sing the reality of the song. You know, and and, uh, it's Psalm Psalm 23, but it's, you know, it's been written in this beautiful way. And um, truly... That's what happens when we come to preach the Word of God. He spreads a table in our sight. And then anointing comes from His grace. And then it's a pure Word that flows from His chalice. It's real to me. It's real to me. And that's why 
I am so uh, blessed and excited by this word. So this afternoon, I, I, I don't know if I'll be able to finish today. If I don't, I will take it as far as the Holy Spirit will allow me, and then we'll take it next time. We're talking about the reign of Solomon now. We've been dealing with this series on uh, overcoming rebellion, using the life of uh, David, uh, uh, Absalom. Well, we first of all said with Saul, Jonathan, and David. Then we moved on to Absalom, Adonijah, and Solomon. And we're in that series now. Uh, I must remind us, because it's very uh, easy to forget where we're coming from. God is, as I speak, raising up a Davidic spiritual dynasty in the church. God never wanted Israel to have a king. They insisted on it. And God said, all right, I will give you a king and I will try and patch that king into my original plan, which is to have a, 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 a series of spiritual kings. God, right from Abraham, ever before David or anybody was born, he had already said that he was going to uh, 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 make Abraham a father of many nations. And he was going to raise up kings and priests. It's very uh, instructive that Melchizedek, to whom Abraham paid tithes, was a king and a priest. And he was a type of Jesus. So God, knowing that through Abraham, he was going to bring the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was not going to bring a dynasty of spiritual kings through Jesus Christ. So the book of Revelation tells us that we are kings and priests. He hath made us kings and priests. So what happened in the Old Testament was just a kind of, um, uh, God just tried to patch them in. You know, he said, all right, if you're going to have a king, let him do these things. Let him write a copy of the law. Let him read it every day. Let it not depart from his mouth and his heart. We're going to look at that again today. The, you, the Deuteronomy 17 is a recurring decimal in this ex entire series. Because the reason why they failed, the, the kings of Israel, was they didn't keep it. If they had, even though they were biological kings, they would still have been a part of the spiritual dynasty. But sadly... And regrettably, they didn't obey that. And, and so we find that majority of them were bad kings, both in Judah as well as in Israel. It wasn't, it wasn't Israel alone. There were more bad kings in Israel than in Judah. But even in Judah, we had bad kings, you know, because it was never God's plan. God's plan was to have a spiritual dynasty so that the next king would be chosen by God sovereignly, just like Joshua was chosen by God sovereignly to succeed Moses without him being his biological son. And we gave this understanding. There are two things that characterize uh, uh, the leadership of the church today, typified by a Saul uh, dynasty and a David dynasty. The Saul dynasty does not do all of the will of God. It does some of it, but not all of it. In particular, it does not kill, uh, crucify all of the loss of the flesh. Using the excuse that it cannot be done or that you will use your personality. I always hear people say, you know, Jesus didn't come to change our personality. That's exactly what he came to do. <laughs> 
That's exactly what he came to do. You know, if you were proud and arrogant, you were choleric like Paul, you had a strong personality, you're always bullying people, Jesus came to change it. He actually, he does what he said. He said, you know, learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart. Many people, their personality is not meek and lowly in heart. You know? So it comes to change it. And some people who seem to be meek and lowly in heart are not really meek and lowly in heart. They're just quiet, but very stubborn. Have you met them? Well, let's go there. Are you listening to me? Yes, that's exactly what he came to do. To change our personality so that our personality will become like God's personality. God is meek. God is lowly. God is kind. God is gentle. God is, you know, forbearing. God is long-suffering. All the fruit of the Spirit, that's the personality of God. That's the whole purpose of this, of this uh, gospel. To change your personality so that it becomes more like God. Are you listening to me? You know, so he wanted us to, he wants to, he wants to change our personality to become like his personality. But the soul leadership says, no, he's not going to do that. He's going to keep his part of his personality. And he says he will try and use it to serve God. That's like Paul, as uh, rather Saul, instead of killing all the Amalekites and all their sheep and cattle, he killed a lot of it. And then the, what he felt was the good part. You know, people think things like, you know, being um, uh, uh, arrogant is good. Say, yeah, don't let them do You're not a pushover. Don't let them, you know, you show them who you are. <laughs> you know, and they keep it. And they, <laughs> they say they're going to use it to serve God. No, it's not going to work. God wants everything flesh to die. So the, 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 the <laughs> excuse me, the Saul uh, leadership, says he will do the will of God, but not all the will of God. David, in contrast, is willing to do all of the will of God, you know, and, and change his personality to become like Christ's. And, and then, you know, we also saw that the soul system, you know, had this system of setting up branches of churches, you know, which are based on a man-made system, which, you know, you, like, for example, you want to start a church in Ibadan. So you come here, you look for a nice building, you know, and if you can have the money, you know, you rent it. Then you take one of your pastors from Lagos or wherever your headquarters, Abuja, wherever it is, and you send him there. That's not God's system. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a human system. Now, God uses it because just like the kings of Israel, sometimes you will have a good king occasionally. You know, like the Jehoshaphats and the Hezekiahs, you know, and the Josiahs and you know, and uh, that's about it. <laughs> you know, you can, you can count them on your fingers. You know, M majority were bad, both in Israel as well as in Judah. You know, but occasionally you get a good one. So the same way this system, you know, it, it, it will produce occasionally uh, uh, good pastors. But most of the time, it will produce Adonijahs and Absaloms. Why? Because of ambition. You know, once you push them there, they want to do something of their own. They want to, you know, the, and they want to become, you know, independent. They want to have their own voice, blah, blah, blah. You know, and that's the, it's, 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 it's a terrible system, you know. And most importantly, it will not produce the Christ. It will not cause spiritual growth. The main reason why people do those things is for the pride of life, you know, meet somebody, say, ah, Pastor Olubia, how many branches do you have now? <laughs> you know, as if that's what's important, you know, and not the 
spiritual growth of the people, the numerical growth, you know, and, and of course, uh, with that comes the financial growth, and which is what, you know, uh, motivates them. Uh, I also likened it to a Christmas tree. A Christmas tree, you can put gifts on it and take gifts off. It, you can even plant it inside some soil, inside a bucket. You know, it has a little bit of life, you know, if you water it every day. But it's not the same as a tree that is outside, that is planted in the, in the, in the soil, that the, 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 the roots go right down to the water table, receive nourishment, and then it grows branches out naturally and fruits out naturally. But it takes time. Unlike the one of the Christmas tree where you can take the gift off and on automatically. That's the uh, saw um, denominational system. I also brought out the fact that when the Pentecostal move began in 1900, 1901, 1906, Azusa Street and all of that, initially, this is what happened. It became corrupted later on. You know, they, they started Bible schools. The Assemblies of God had a Bible school. You know, I think um, Church of God and Four Square. They all had Bible schools. Now, if you as an individual felt called of God, you would go to those Bible schools. You will study, you know, and all of that. You graduate from the Bible school. Then you will go anywhere. It was in America, basically, as well as in England. You know, maybe God will send you to London or God will send you to uh, New York or he will send you to some... Uh, town, you know, you first feel led of the Lord, then you go there, you go and start a church. But that church is affiliated with the Assemblies of God or, what, or these denominations, and, uh, and, 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 and that continued, and, you know, and, and, and that system was good because it was still God working through men, you know, independently of an ecclesiastic system. With time, it got corrupted. What, what happened was that people would start churches, then the, 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 the central uh, organization in wherever, you know, Assemblies of God or whichever of the denominations can now say, oh, no, remove that man from that branch and put somebody else there. And then it became a, uh, it became, uh, a corrupted system. It wasn't like that. But in our own time, they don't even go to Bible school anymore. They just go, they all open a branch and you just send people. You know, like I said, God has used it, still using it, you know, um, uh, but it's, it's, it, it will, it's not the perfect will of God. And it will not produce the spiritual growth that it is designed that God wants the church to have to grow to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. One other very important thing about this, uh, I've mentioned this over the weeks that we've been doing these series, you know, uh, is that God in his mercy and in his kindness, uh, does use these systems, but they produce Absaloms, they produce Adonijahs, which are rebellious uh, pastors and rebellious kings, so to speak. You know, <clears throat> um, I, uh, I want to use an example. He's gone home to heaven to be with the Lord, the great man of God, uh, Paul Yonge Cho, some people call him David Yonge Cho. You know, uh, I happened to listen to Yonge Cho when I was a young Christian in London. You know, he came, he was the, he was the guest speaker of the United Kingdom Assemblies of God. They always had a convention every year. So it was Yonge Cho who was a speaker in 1979, if I remember. I just come to England. I just been baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
I couldn't go for the meetings because I was in school and we had lectures. So I couldn't go with the brethren, you know, uh, but the brethren from our church went and then they brought the tapes back. And I listened to the tapes. I was so mightily blessed. But what I want to say about Yonge Cho was this. Yonge Cho's church was the big, became the biggest church in the world, you know, but he was still Assemblies of God. He never, he never left the Assemblies of God, but he was independent. That's the, that's the, that's the divine one. He, nobody, nobody could go and remove Yonge Cho <laughs> from his church and post somebody else. It's impossible. You know, it was Assemblies of God quite all right, but it was, you know, it was a, a full gospel church, but he was affiliated with the Assemblies of God. That's how it should be. That's how it should be. Not this controlling system from headquarters where if, if they don't like, if you the general overseer or the senior pastor or the apostolic father, whatever you call him, you know, doesn't like you, you can just remove you and then put somebody else there. It is, it is an organic growth. It is not a Christmas tree. Just, you know, and, and, you know. Then I heard a man of God say this. I actually heard it yesterday. I won't mention the name because I can be misunderstood. I'm just going to mention the principle. You know, a man of God, you know, uh, one of the senior pastors here in Nigeria, you know, I heard him say this. I just saw it on, ah, I said, that is interesting. Let me just listen to what he has to say. You know, I haven't heard him for years. You know, and he was saying that, you know, People have been asking that, ah, what else do these men want? You know, they've got big churches. He mentioned one or two other big pastors. You know, he said, people are saying, ah, ah, what else do you want? You know, and so he was now saying this, and I, I, I agreed with him. You know, he said this. He said, yes, we've had some success. We've had churches. We've had branches. We've had, you know, we've done, you know. And then there's a reason why I'm saying this, because it really captures the spirit of what i'm trying to tell you deep inside their hearts they know that that branching and all of that does not fulfill the purpose of god so he said that he's not satisfied and that he was still gonna he's gonna keep serving god you know until his last breath you know and he said he said he, he mentioned this i was very touched he said that yes we've done all this he said but where are the elijahs of today Where are the Elijahs? He said, until we be, become like Elijah. You know, where we can call fire down, we can bring the glory of God down and change the nation. He said, how long? He was quoting Elijah in the book of Kings. He said, how long will you halt between two opinions? If God be God, serve him. If Baal be Baal, serve him. So, the, the man recognized that in spite of all of these things, they hadn't fulfilled the purpose of God. Elijah is just a type of Christ, you know, the fullness of God. What he was saying was that they hadn't yet got into the fullness of the Spirit without measure. That's what he was saying in, in, in different words, you know. And, and, and that's, the, that's the reality, folks, you know. Uh, and so that is why we must pattern ourselves after the Davidic spiritual dynasty and not after this soul system that does not crucify all of the flesh and that does this artificial branching system just for numbers and for money. So you got a lot of spread in numbers. You got a lot of money that is, you know, material that's coming in. But you lack spiritual growth. So we've come now to Solomon. Solomon is David's son. 
and he starts well. We, in our last lessons, we saw how Solomon got established in the kingdom by removing, executing really, Joab. He executed Joab, he executed Adonijah. He removed Apiathah from the priesthood. And we said that all that represents uh, 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 rebellious, uh, Adonijah will represent rebellious pastors, you know, Joab will represent rebellious intercessors because he was a warrior, you know. And uh, Shimei, he also had Shimei executed. That's after, you know, uh, after some time, you know, which represents rebellious saints. For God's purpose to be fulfilled, he is going to remove every vestige of rebellion from the church. That's why this series is termed Overcoming Rebellion. God wants a glorious church without spot blemish wrinkle or any such thing i gave this definition many years ago it was given to me by revelation i didn't read it in a book what is a perfect church a perfect church is one that has a perfect leadership with a fully totally submitted followership and that word there is key totally submitted totally submitted doesn't mean they're fools it doesn't mean that you know they they're they're zombies no, it just means they are totally submitted to the purpose and, and the will of God. So they submit to the leadership, you know, that they see is following Christ. You see the pattern in Paul. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. In one other place, Paul is bold. And they didn't like him in Paul's time. Just like some of us, they don't like us today. You know, because he would say some things that they, they, they find particularly offensive and outlandish. Not because they are wrong, but because their hearts are wrong. Paul said, you know, he said, obey. He said, you know, uh, do the word of God as you have us for an example. He used himself as a standard. As you have us for an example. He said, you know, follow us. And he said that, don't follow these other people, you know, he says, you know, whose God is their belly, you know. So, the same thing today. We can say exactly the same thing today, you know. Follow me, not Olubi now, but as I follow Christ. So, I'm not following Paul. I'm actually following Jesus, but I cannot follow Jesus except I follow Paul. Because Paul gives me the example of what Jesus did. In recent times, I was teaching in our school of perfection on the book of John. We finished it. It's now available. Pastor Laulu announced it earlier on. You know, it's available at link tree, you know, uh, tree. You know, you can download it, you know, and all that. And I said, you know, uh, uh, Jesus is the pattern son. Paul is the pattern disciple. And John is the perfect disciple. And I've seen something in my walk with the Lord. You're not going to get to Jesus if you don't go through Paul and John. And of course the other apostles too. Because of all the things they've written down. If we didn't have any of their writings, we wouldn't even know Jesus came. There's no way you can become like Jesus if you don't follow what God gave Paul, what God gave John. You just won't get, you're not going to get there. So you cannot, <coughs> excuse me, you cannot say well, I, want, I want to be like God or I want to follow Jesus independent of men no god put men there you know so uh, uh, uh we are using these types to learn a lot of things so solomon becomes established in the kingdom and then he asks god for wisdom god is very impressed god gives him great wisdom 
And that's where we left off in our last lesson, uh, in our last teaching. Look at 1 Kings. Uh, let's quickly go to chapter 4, verse 29. And then I'm going to come back to... Uh, I'm going to come back to um, chapter 3. Well, we're really going to be more in, in chapter 4, you know, we, because we looked at all of this last time. You know, Solomon, you know, he does great things. He asks God for wisdom. God gives him a dose, let me use that word, a measure of the, of the mind of God. The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 4, in verse 29, I'm going to go there and I'm going to go back. But I'm going to start from verse 29 because that's where I left off. And you know what he says? He says that, thank you, Jesus. He says, and God gave Solomon, I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. Wisdom and understanding exceeding much and largeness of heart, even on the sand of the sea. That's the King James. If you look at some of the other um, uh, uh, translations, New International Version says, God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. You know, another uh, 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 translation, I think God's word, says God gave Solomon wisdom, keen insight, and a mind as limitless. He's talking about the capacity, the mental capacity of the human mind. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies, and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you, and God bless you.